Good morning, it's Tuesday, January 8th, 2013, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page today. Weapons showdown led to rare pact. Counterterrorism aid is choice to lead the CIA. And in a deal, Big Bank extends retreat from mortgages. In this morning's national headlines, questions left for Mississippi over autopsies, Police recalled details of a horror at Colorado Theater, and huge amounts are spent on immigration, a study finds. In today's financial headlines, mobile apps drive rapid change in searches. Banks to pay $8.5 billion to speed housing relief, and Chesapeake Energy denies chief executive's 2012 bonus. There will be more business stories, more national and international news, too, a roundup from the sports page and New York Times columnist David Brooks. Now from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story's title, Weapons Showdown, led to rare pact. In the last days of November, Israel's top military commanders called the Pentagon to discuss troubling intelligence that was showing up on satellite imagery. Syrian troops appeared to be mixing chemicals at two storage sites, probably the deadly nerve gas sarin, and filling dozens of 500-pound bombs that could be loaded onto airplanes. Within hours, President Obama was notified, and the alarm grew over the weekend as the munitions were loaded onto vehicles near Syrian air bases. In briefings, administration officials were told that if Syria's increasingly desperate president, Bashar al-Assad, ordered the weapons to be used, they could be airborne in less than two hours, too fast for the United States to act. What followed next, officials said, was a remarkable show of international cooperation over a civil war in which the United States, Arab states, Russia, and China have almost never agreed on a common course of action. The combination of a public warning by Obama and more sharply worded private messages sent to the Syrian leader and his military commanders through Russia and others stop the chemical mixing and the bomb preparation. But concern remains that Assad could now use the weapons produced that week at any moment. American and European officials say that while a crisis was averted in that week from late November to early December, they are by no means resting easy. I think the Russians understood this is one thing that could get us to intervene in the war, one senior defense official said last week. What Assad understood and whether that understanding changes if he gets cornered in the next few months, that's anyone's guess. While chemical weapons are technically considered a weapon of mass destruction, along with biological and nuclear weapons, in fact, they're hard to use and hard to deliver. But the scare a month ago has renewed debate about whether the West should help the Syrian opposition destroy Assad's air force, which he would need to deliver those 500-pound bombs. The chemical munitions are still in storage areas that are near or on Syrian airbases, ready for deployment, officials said. As the fighting has escalated, American and other allied officials have said that government troops have moved some of the chemical stockpiles to safer locations, a consolidation that could actually help Western forces should they have to enter Syria to seize control of the munitions or destroy them. Syria's chemical weapons are under the control of a secretive Syrian Air Force organization called Unit 450, a highly vetted outfit that is deemed one of the most loyal to the Assad government given the importance of the weapons in its custody.